Hey, listeners, you're listening to Nightmare Junkhead. Nightmare Junkhead! With Genius McGee and Greg D. I'm Gigi Sal Guerrero from Lucha Gore Productions. <laughs> Gore is love, baby. In and out of your consciousness, like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that will always be kind and will always rewind. Mm-hmm. My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, we're trolling out on <laughs> social media as we go into the mouth of March Madness and travel back 10 years to talk to horror classics from our 2013 bracket. And whether you've released the beast or not, you can listen into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, we'll download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your GoPro hole. <laughs> and uh, you can find us GoProing out on social media. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And it is on that book of face where we have an events tab, which leads to shenanigans and like, share, subscribe shenanigans. And as this episode is going to be releasing on Monday, March 27th, if you find yourself in the Kansas City area, head on over to screenland.com where you can uh, like, subscribe, or follow indoors, outdoors. Not yet. Virtually. We're getting close, though. We're getting close. We're getting really close. We're getting super close. And the reason I think you said that, because it's been so nice recently. It's yo-yoing. It's on the precipice. We're getting teased. We're getting edged of nice weather. Yeah, this is, listen, unfortunately. Not cool. Mother Nature is a fan of sting, Sting, apparently. because this is all extra tantric, because she's going, like, fucking 40 days of more cold. And it's like, all right, chill out. We we show you could be nice. Just well, blast. One thing you can depend on, Genius, is Screenland.com. More so than ever. Because they got a facelift and a complete rehaul and redesign. Mm-hmm. You've And even better, they've got now a rewards program. Yes, a rewards program, especially for you Friday night film family friends. Mm-hmm. And that will get you some good stuff. And we actually have our own little tab now yes. for Friday Night Frights, so please refer to that, not from here on out, but just know. As well, as well. Yes. You know, if you can't get to us at any point in time, and you wherever you find your podcast, right there is the uh, online and the app and all that good stuff. So it's fantastic. It's actually really cool. It it's looks really cool. good. And that's cool that we got the Friday Night Frights tab to keep up with all our like scary shenanigans. A lot of good stuff uh, clo- going, coming up in March and then also here in the month of April. Mm-hmm. Already looking forward to all of that. But mm-hmm. nice enough, uh, they included a link to the show where you can you know listen to us. Uh-huh. But even nicer, they put a link to Patreon. Yes. So a uh, little shout out to film family members out there. Everybody out there. I was I was expecting a Hey Pallies. Oh, 
Eight bellies. I was waiting for the like speaking of film. I, I know it, redesign. I was waiting for the setup, and I'm like, ah, swing and a miss. No, no, no. Just hey, maybe it, I need to get more in my veins. <laughs> no, no, no more vascular. We're good that way. But no, uh, we have our own little collection of uh, film family members over at Patreon, and for any anyone that was part of the film family here in the month of March. They got access to something mm-hmm. that you can't really exist with without in the month of March. Yes. Uh, they actually had access to the bracket. Because how are you going to play along? And they were able to play along early. Uh-huh. In fact, we got multiple. A lot of, lot of good submissions and a lot of great showing your work. Special shout out to Michael. Yes, that is some mad showing of work. That was incredible. Yes, bravo. That, that was bravo. That was a dissertation of madness. Mm-hmm. He is now a PhD in the mouth of madness. Oh yeah, he's fully inoculated. Yeah, completely the for the madness. Completely, he's, he's raring to go. So hey, werewolf orgy. <laughs> now, at this point, uh, depending on your tier. You're going to have access to our latest Shutter shout-out, mm-hmm. um, all the a, a variety of first-time viewings that I've experienced are the Thing commentary, winner of last year's Into the Mouth of March Madness it's, tournament. It's going to be all right. And then, of course, uh, actually releasing today, our thoughts on Scream 6. Yes, with Jenna Ortega. <laughs> Play to shrimp. Play to shrimp. So if you would like to have access to that, head on over to patreon.com slash nightmare junkhead where so much good stuff happening. You're all fucking rad. They are indeed rad. Well, you know what was kind of rad, at least back in 2013, Genius McGee? Mm -hmm. And this is going to get awkward, but my marriage. Yeah. (laughs) Things were still flowing okay. And I mention that because what a difference just 10 years makes because this would be about the time that our paths began to cross yeah at that point uh soon or soon after would have been when i had a a terminator movie party at my house Mm -hmm. you entered under i'm not gonna say false pretenses (laughs) assumed pretense falsely assumed pretenses you assumed there was a password necessary (laughs) to enter this movie party i'm talking about lamore but no, yeah, our our paths crossed, and dare I say, man, I mean, the reason I exist today is because of this show, mm-hmm. because of the chance to get together at least once a week to make merry with you. Right. And a lot has happened in these 10 Hell years. Oh, yeah. It's, it's incredible. But back in 2013... And we're still going mad. all sorts of kind of madness well you know what let's get into the madness itself and a number of fantastic matchups a number of first timers for you i'm excited this like whenever there's a lot of first timers in a bracket especially for one of us both of us it's always like oh yeah and the fact that you get to see these movies and especially for like the bracket that you haven't seen, oh, I'm really excited for that one. And like we said, we will put this together to ensure first-time viewings, revisiting old classics, but this one being just that 10-year marker. And again, this to us is that 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 marker that says, mm-hmm. yeah, this movie has legs. Yeah, this, There's, this, 
It's got moxie. It does have moxie. And our first matchup, and you know what? Here's the thing. Through the seven years we've done this, a lot of first-time watching, mm-hmm. watches and so forth, but a lot of franchises explored. Yep. And what's kind of cool is to see either them evolve or just stay stagnant. Right. And what's great then is our first matchup and our first bracket topic, uh, what is this one, Genius? Franchise Freshener. Of which we're taking two looks at uh, two entries from a franchise. We have the first in a franchise uh-huh. with James, De- is it DeMaco? James De- DeMaco. There we go. Uh, the Purge going up against Don Mancini's sixth entry right. into a franchise, The Curse of Chucky. One of these was a the first time viewing for you, correct? It is. So let's talk about that one. Let's, let's talk about Curse of Chucky. What What did you know of this movie going into the, the tournament? The only thing that I knew of this movie was that it is a bait-and-switch requel. I, I was spoiled to thinking that... I was spoiled to thinking that it was a uh, pseudo-remake. Then, then, like... At the very end, oh, it's an actually, it's a continuation of it. And so that's what I knew about it. And I also heard it was vastly different. And Fiona Dorf. That's all. This movie was such a pleasant surprise. This is a fantastic way to bring a, you always say, like, a lot of slasher things need to kind of die off. Mm -hmm. And I'm always like, no, no, no. There's a lot of different cool things you can still do if you Mm -hmm. tell the right story. And this was a great right story. This was a really well done, totally different than anything else in the franchise in tone. Mm -hmm. And, of course, that's almost come to be expected with the Child's Play franchise. Because everyone after two is such a different well fucking even including two the only one that's over even similar than the first the uh, any other ones is three and that's the pseudo black sheep of the family so like i was like all right this is a well done movie i wasn't expecting um the slow burn aspect of it Mm -hmm. this almost felt and we'll talk about this later um james wan's chucky that's fair it's very atmospheric yeah it draws Gothically atmospheric, old I, school gothic. And I think Mancini, this was him very much flexing his 70s auteur muscle. Yeah, this was almost like A24. Yeah. You know, to, you know inst- in, instead of double A batteries to put in the good guy, you needed 24A batteries to put <laughs> in there. That's fair. And that's, to me, that I can take that as a compliment because... What was nice was watching this one with you because I actually have watched this one. I have taken in Cult of Chucky as well, mm-hmm. which I'm definitely encouraging I, you to I'm check out. I'm wanting to see it now. Because they play wonderfully together, but they're also very different yeah. in terms of the approach. Uh, to watch you watch this, the journey you took going, oh, this is the surprise was really nice to watch. I was like, this is genuinely really good. And it's not like I have a disdain for the Child's Play franchise. In fact, like, Scurry is scary, mm-hmm. and Chucky is one of the kings of scurry, <laughs> right? So, and it's but after so long, and not to say that I didn't like uh, Seed of Chucky, mm-hmm. I was just like, this is so drastically different than what I was expecting, and I need to go back to it because I don't think I was in a, a great headspace at that time when I saw it. But at the same time, 
I don't know. So when I saw this, I was just like, ah, this is nicely done. This is because to me, it just seemed the whole franchise was getting goofier and goofier and goofier. And I was like, the baggage we bring, mm-hmm. I was thinking, this is taking the Friday route, mm-hmm. where it's now about the guffaws and the jokes as opposed to the good scares and kills, where it peaked in three. You know, Chucky was turning into like Freddy's dead, mm-hmm. right? And I was like, eh. so when I heard this and I heard it's different, and I was like, okay, I was a f- fan of the remake, so yeah, uh, again the baggage bring. Like, let's, let's check it out. I really liked it. It was cool. Again, it was atmospheric, and I liked the little Easter eggs. Were like, hey, that's the elevator from part one, you know? And hey, Fiona Apple, uh, Fiona Apple, <laughs> Fiona Dora. <laughs> Is is great, and I don't know again if this is the baggage that I bring or not. But I'm used to seeing her in like her villain roles, like in the Purge TV series and in other shit where she's like, ah, I'm, I'm gonna get ugly and crazy, right? So it was good to see her like as the heroine, yes, and not like some sort of weird villain or side character. She's a she's a great actor. She is fantastic. She's got such presence, but I mean, but she looks like her dad. She looks so much like she her dad. She looks like her dad. <laughs> it's it's not unnerving, but it's one of those things that you can't unsee. Mm-hmm. And let's just I'm say she doesn't sound like her dad. <laughs> waiting for that cur- that, that right, Chucky. The, the Chucky yell. Well, you know what? What I love with this one is you do go from um uh you and just in terms of design, you go from Kevin Yeager to he did I think like the first most of them to now handing it over to Tony Gardner, who I think he started in seed possibly. Yeah. And of course Tony Gardner is like next level of special effects people. And see that's the thing. When the redesign of Chucky, when I saw it, I was like, I like it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's creepy. Mm-hmm. It's a new kind of creepy. Because back in the day when Chucky first came out, he was Cabbage Patch doll creepy. Because they were creepy. Now he looked like American Girl or American Kid doll. And that's the new creepy doll. He adjusts with the time. And again, uh, and it adds to my theory, all those American girl, American kid dolls, they're just the souls of children. That's so horrible. Or the, you know, (laughs) whoop, just shrunk down. That's so, I, that's what, like mannequins that come alive at night. That's not good. It's a shame Stuart and Gordon isn't isn't around anymore to tell that story. Right? It would work really well. Yeah. Now the, uh, the score is another high point for me. Uh, Joseph uh, Loduca, because super Suspiria vibes. Also, there's some Carpenter vibes with it. I mean, it seemed like, in a lot of ways, a mixtape of the score and a mixtape of like some De Palma, some Argento. It was again Mancini was having a good time. Yeah. In one central location, and I will say, for me, a standout scene was when they're eating, mm-hmm. and then the aftermath of it. Yeah. With the beheading yeah it was crazy i was like bravo because when the gore hit it hit well it hit well yeah no this one was fun to revisit but like i said more than anything it was just fun to watch you experience and have you have that not revelation but you're just like oh yeah this is this this is is slick yeah this this is is good i I think i said this is slick like multiple times like this movie is slick because it is it's a very stylish it is movie it almost felt like early wachowski's you know what? I can see that. I can totally see that, especially having... Just Meg Tilly come out of nowhere, too? You know what? That's That can't be a mistake. 
Yeah, that he's can't pulling be. from everything. Well, and also uh, technically, they brought in Gina Gershon on, in season yeah. two of the Chucky TV I, I series. I want to watch the TV series. I want to see. I need to see Curse, especially because it's all cult, linear. Cult, cult. Yeah. It's all linear. I think you'll enjoy it. It it has a, a Dream Warriors vibe. Okay, pulling it back to okay. the winner of the first Into okay. the Mouth of March Madness. So okay. it was good that you had a good first time viewing with this one. Now, opposite of that, uh, not the sixth. In a franchise, but kicking a franchise off, mm-hmm. and one that is has to be near and dear to your heart. Oh yeah, based on just the c- coverage of the TV show on Media Rewind. Yep, plugged uh, the film family member Dustin. Pew, pew, pew. Mm-hmm. Th- that's about the best I can pew, offer. Pew, pew, pew. Mine just doesn't work. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a bad horn. This is the announcement of the annual purge. Yeah. Oh, the purge. I remember. Hearing about this early on, this was still. I, I'm trying to remember the AV Club at this point. I yeah. definitely graduated to going from like Joe Blow and Ain't It Cool, but I had heard the festival circuit, mm-hmm. um, and I just remember hearing the premise and being fascinated. Yeah, that is probably one of the greatest premises that you can provide a genre mm-hmm. and just let them go hog wild. It's nuts. But what we get in this. It's a home invasion. Slow burn. Slow burn. Home invasion. Very on the micro level. It's incredible because, mm-hmm. and I get that'll get into the argument, but going back to this film, it's been a while since I actually watched this one. Yeah. Did you see this in the theater? I missed it. Really? I I, I got it when it came on DVD. Okay. Okay. Had you heard? Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. Oh, yeah. I was like, all crime is legal? <laughs> Sweet. Let's yeah. see it. It's well, got to be madness. And- what I like with this because Ethan Hawke, Ethan Hawke, Ethan freaking Hawke coming. Welcome back to Into the Mouth of March Madness. Oh yeah, Ethan Hawke, yeah. Lena Headey, Sirsis, going back Fucking to Meteor Rewind Thrones, again. Yes, yes. Uh, it's little bits like that that I'm not going to say elevate the movie, but it classes it. It really does. It it's, gives it more gravitas it, because if it, not saying that like. If it was any other actor, it would be still rubbish. But at the same time, I'm not saying still rubbish. It no. would be like lesser quality. Yeah. But it would be because you, a lot of the budget went to not necessarily the cast, but it was a low budget film. Mm-hmm. And when you have Ethan Hawke and up and coming Lena Headley, you know you're gonna throw a little bit of money at the way, but not all of it because there's a lot of like interesting things and very cool stuff being done in this in this movie. Well, they start planting seeds and it begs you to go outside mm-hmm. of the walls of because of what could be but focusing then on this family and I think initially having Ethan Hawke's character as just pro purge mm-hmm. and even hearing like the world outside of it going talk talk radio What's your purge plan? Yeah, what Shit are you like doing? That. Are you going to go do this? And be like, I don't know if I want to purge. You're like, oh, yeah, they support you. You're having the blue flower it's, out there, the new founding fathers. And that whole premise as well is something that, I don't want to say prescient. That's the bad thing. That's the one, the blessing and the curse with the purge, and especially when it started coming out in 2013. Because this was not necessarily rush production, but I think like it was... Boom, done in less than a year, right? Mm-hmm. Put out. It's always had its finger on the pulse of like what's going on yeah. that people don't really want to talk about. And that shows like this ugly mirror 
to America, like, look, if shit doesn't change, this is what can happen. Like, alt- alternate, not history, but alternate possibility. Cautionary tales. Very cautionary tale. Yeah, Very cautionary tale. And uh, there but for the grace of God go I in so many scenarios. And that's what the thing is, putting yourself in the position. Yeah. You know, what would you do? And it's terrifying mm-hmm. to think about. No, it's... Oh, I know what I'd do. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I'm afraid to even delve into that. You know what? Here, we'll la- we'll save that if this does indeed go any further. No. For the for those of you curious, I'll refer you to Media Rewind's coverage of The Purge. Oh, I, we go into detail in a few episodes. There you go. So. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Uh, by the time we get the masks, mm-hmm. which is part of... Th- Part of the imagery, oh yeah, associated I think with this with this franchise, but the inclusion of these smug, one of wasps, a, yes, awful wasps, oh my god, killer just, wasps, just, just begging, just the worst. You, you want to punch him in the face? Come up and sneed it, right? Let give us the swine, and we'll leave you alone. Uh, uh, again, there's text and subtext. Mm-hmm. But I think the biggest gut punch for me this time, because it actually had been a while since I've watched the original, I do go back to the second. I haven't seen First Purge or the the final. The or Forever the, Purge? The Forever Purge. Forever Purge is my favorite. Okay, yeah. Oh, it's my best but one. I've seen two and three quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So it's But it's been a long time since I've gone back. I forgot that star Ethan Hawke. Spoilers. Spoilers, but dies. Yeah, doesn't make that it That was the, the end. gut punch for me. Yeah. Like, of all the things, I'm like, holy shit. You're going to kill Ethan Hawke. Hey, he went out swinging, though. Well, yeah, he... But the whole bait and switch of everything that was going on, I loved it. So, so it seems real, and that's the sad and thing, that's, and that's the scary thing. Well, that's the thing, though, with genre, though, is they can put something out like that and just say, no, it's satire, it's entertainment, but... The neighbors just saved you so they can kill you. My God, it just—it's a you tale. Know what, in fairness, with some of the neighbors I've had, no, I'm not saying I, I'm not saying I agree, I'm not saying I agree or disagree, but let's just say, oh, somebody saved me. Oh, what? Huh? I'm gonna give a quick shout out uh, to uh, f- our uh, film family members, uh, Julie and Nick, who are on our Scream 16 episode uh, from 1993. On their most recent Carnage report, they were talking about. Bad neighbors. So, in the purge verse, <laughs> the bad neighbors just be neighborly. Come right. On, be good. This is why I'm glad I have my bang neighbor. Yeah. Never had a problem in 14 years. Neighbor named Bang. Neighbor named Bang. That is correct. <laughs> Context is everything. Now the initial the purge no holds barred. Well, so. and then even within the scene itself, <laughs> when the shit does go down, that's when the violence truly, the intimacy, the build up with the family, the boyfriend. Yeah, I fuck boyfriend. Uh, every time I every time I see that movie, I just get more riled up. You know, it's just like oh, because oh, I know what's coming, and I'm like oh, I just get angrier and angrier and angrier at the boyfriend, and I just wait for him to get his to get terrible his... comeuppance. Yep. And it's great when the people get the comeuppance because it is violent comeuppance. It this very movie, violent comeuppance when the violence hits, it hits hard. It does it well, kind of like Curse of Chucky, mm-hmm. and both of these. Looking at them, just in terms of the matchups, both of them are slow burns. Both of them primarily are kind of like single locations in yeah. a house, and but diametrically opposed 
Right. It's in terms of nature and tone. But the funny thing about the uh, the purge, especially the end when it comes to the violence, is the one person that doesn't choose violence is Cersei. We are going to stay the night in peace. Right. It's great. And then by the time she hits her, slams her face down, that level of blood... <laughs> Oh my god! It, it almost felt like it was improvised. If the actress wasn't ready. Whoop! You know, <laughs> and then fucking James Remar out of nowhere. James Remar. And I was like, well, see, that's your first clue that you're gonna get offed by your neighbors in the purge if one of your neighbors is fucking James <laughs> Remar. Just saying, like, oh, who's that moving in? What the, the, Richard Lynch? You know, and so like, uh oh, uh oh. <laughs> Well, a lot of love, obviously, is heaped upon both of these films, but only one can make it into the round of the Scream 16. So here in the first round, of course, we've got two bits of criteria. Uh, The first one, and again, we think holistically, so we start by uh, asking, which of the two films is closer to your heart? Closer to the heart. It's all about flesh, and the heart is all about flesh. It's a big, giant muscle there, Mr. Cronenberg. Or <laughs> give this one for Daddy Cronenberg, as he's like to be called. It's Daddy Cronenberg and Kid Cronenberg. Right? Uh, it makes sense. Makes sense. But would Kid Cronenberg wear a mask, too? He, he, he wouldn't have Decker's mask. No, 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 no. He would have a zip. He would have, he would have the kind of mask that Ethan Hawke wore in uh, Black Phone that has it without the mouth. Uh, Nothing to zip yet. You got to earn the zipper. Yeah, okay. Okay, you got to earn those button eyes on that Decker mask. So this is a pure nostalgia question. So genius, uh, Purge or Curse of Chucky? Which one is closer to your heart? Purge. It's the Purge. The everything cool. Everything about the Purge is fucking cool. The idea, the concept, <laughs> execution. I. It's absolutely one of my favorite franchises. So the Purge. Okay, no, that is fair. And this one, I'm looking back at it because I really, really like. Two, and I really dig part three. Um, finding out that Frank Grillo is not the kindest guy to work with is kind of a bummer. Again, it kind of yeah. makes it a little less tempting to get back to. But, you know, the whole curse of Chucky, it does delve into the Child's Play franchise. And that's not necessarily one that is near and dear to my heart. But I think because of almost the longevity of it and the fact that it's I've been around its entirety and it's been part of my life even though i didn't watch it back in the day for me i am going to go ahead and go curse of chucky with that one now from the heart to the head we're going to look at our bracket topic and franchise freshener and a couple of ways that we can look into this i'm curious on the interpretation here genius start us off so while i was thinking about it because i was really really trying to think about this yes the Curse of Chucky is a good way to make a new franchise of old school, but switching styles and tones, again, like I said earlier, is almost par for the course for the entire Chucky series. So that's why I can't say it really freshened it up because it's always changing and weird. On the other hand, ain't nothing fresher than something new. So I'm going to go for the purge on the franchise freshener. Fresh. Fresh. <laughs> and what's I, that's what I think what is really interesting with the Purge franchise is the first one is the most minimal mm-hmm. because everything that I was curious about that was happening outside of the walls of that family's home, we do explore and get into in parts two. 
Uh, and then part three, you get more into the politics in it, which is super impressive. And I know yeah. with the first purge, you know, you go the prequel, the forever purge is. Yeah. You deal with race a lot. And that's it's... the thing also is this one definitely has, you know, the oh, finger yeah. on the pulse with that. And But with Curse of Chucky, like you said, in it's in the title or the bracket topic is franchise freshener. And this one, you can call it a freshener, course correction, requill, mm-hmm. as some people as do. As the kids do. As they do, as they, as they, as they are akin to say. Biscuits. I, I'm, this one is kind of tough for me because I don't want to go literal, but because, you know, the purge itself is just so... To me, it's not only original because it's fresh, but because it's the one that does the least and just says, you know, says go forth other purge films you mm-hmm. know i laid the i i crawled so you all could run i don't know i'm oh, this one's tough i'm i'm okay though with things ebbing and flowing because if if a franchise just maintained a flat steady line yeah that's boring you know you do need the ebb and flow and because of the ebb and flow and because it is a freshener of the franchise i am going to go with curse of chucky Ooh. which means we have a tie now, in the case of a tie, even in 2013, we go to the cover of a little magazine. The little cover of the old thing, go. On the cover of the old thing, go. Gonna buy one copy for my mother. Gonna watch some movies on Shutter. Gonna see my gruesome face on the cover of the old thing, go. And it, it, here's, the, here's what's going to be interesting. Eventually, when we get into, like, 2014, 2015. That's even worse. I think they had that little run where we didn't have a lot of Fangoria, so yeah. eh, could get problematic. But only one <laughs> on the cover of the old Joe Blow. <laughs> <laughs> one actually was on the cover of Fangoria, and maybe it's nepotism, possibly because you know. Uh, it's not the first in the franchise, but Curse of Chucky was up on the cover. So via, some will call it nepotism, but it is Fangoria, Curse of Chucky, advancing into the round of the Scream 16. Fair. That is fair. Fought, it, fought well, Purge. Well, and listen, I know a first-time viewing for me, it almost felt like a first-time viewing of me with the Purge. Uh-huh. And like I said, it was a nice surprise yeah. of going back to that intimacy. Mm-hmm. In fairness, the the for me the Purge series just gets better and better that and better as did. the movies go along. That's oh, yeah. one of the few ones where, as the movies continue, they so far no diminishing returns yeah. for me and in so, the long run. And it's very rare where the the better films aren't the OG. Yeah, in a franchise. Now power to the Purge. But uh, our next matchup. Speaking of first times, speaking yes. Of, speaking of spreading seeds, as we were. Yeah, this was this bracket came about because one of these films, you have been... I've been I'm, championing it for a while, for championing a long is good. time. I was going to say pressing. Championing is the right word, and it's been quite a long time. And the other one is one that we I don't, I don't very near hear you talk about, and I'm really excited. But even better is the fact that 10 years ago, we kind of got... Um, some rookies mm-hmm. coming up, making their They're name. Stuck their rookie cards. Yes. And I uh, got it, got it, got it, need it, got it, trade you for it. Our next bracket topic, uh, we'll just say spreading the seeds of evil. 
with Mike Mendez's big ass spider and Mike Flanagan's Oculus. So, Greg, since these are both first timers for you, which one of these would you like to talk Let's about first? Let's talk about big ass spider. You've Fuck been yes. This is I, the sooner we can finally have the gush session on this one. What'd you think? I had a blast with it, but I'm not surprised. Anything I've seen with Mike Mendez, yeah, has always been fun. Absolutely, Be- that's the hallmark of his. And, that's the stamp. Well, he is, he's one of us, mm-hmm. but just very talented. One of us. He is one of the most pristine toy collectors out there. <laughs> and excuse me, one of his films. Um, oh my God, the one with Dolph Lundgren, the Christmas movie. Oh yeah, uh, don't kill him. Don't kill him. He had a chance that, that movie was fucking nuts. I had a good time with that one. It is a Christmas movie. Oh, yeah, it is a Christmas oh, it movie. It is a Christmas movie. We will be talking about that. <laughs> but he had Dolph Lundgren over to his place, and I guess Lundgren was just like, dude, like was just <laughs> overwhelmed <laughs> with the amount of toys, He-Man, Masters of the Universe, and all that shit. So, so anytime you get a fanboy getting to play with a giant monster. A kaiju. In this case, a, a big ass spider, mm-hmm. and then you're throwing in all these various character actors of the time because this one also feels very much of a twenty ten ish kind of movie sci-fi, and that's just it. It was a sci-fi film, right? Uh huh. That's where I saw it first, at least. And there wasn't a lot of editing needed to do at all because I think it's a PG thirteen movie, if I'm correct. And so, yeah, when I first saw it. I was blown away how much fun and how actually like impressively cool the monster looked. That's the one thing I was a little because it's big ass spider. It sounds hokey. and it's but it's also CG mm-hmm. big ass spider, big-ass spider yeah. in 2013 on a lower budget, which depending on the baggage you bring and and the, and the limitations and who you have behind the helm. That's just it though with Mendez and the team he put behind that. I thought it worked really well. In fact, I was never taken out of the film throughout. And I was I that's the baggage I brought. The only hesitancy I had is like I know this is a lot of CG, but no, I really thought they did a good a really good job with that. And I'm actually looking up visual effects. Uh Assad Lagari was the sequence supervisor. We'll give him a shout out. But everyone behind that good job. I was impressed. Now, well, it was also like the cast and crew like all of a sudden like, "Hey, it's Lin Shay. Okay. Anytime Lin Shay shows up, I'm not saying you've got an entryway into the next round, but it doesn't hurt. It's Lin Shay. It's Lin freaking Shay. <laughs> and in 2013, Lin Shay had become Lin Shay. Right. Where you're going to go, hey. It's Lin Shay. It's Lin Shay. And same now, thing with Uncle Lloyd. Well, anytime. Anytime Uncle Lloyd shows up to get eaten. He's in the MCU, for God's sake. Mm-hmm. But for me, okay, before we get. Claire Kramer showing up, which Claire Kramer, Glory in Buffy, but also bring it on. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, of course. I was like, hey, it's in one of the Toros. It's cold in here, <laughs> and much love to Greg Grunberg. Oh yes, he is. I think he's one of those underrated actors where he's one of those like he's that guy because I love him and everything he's, he's in. He's in Star Wars. Yeah. So I mean, he's, yeah. he's doing okay for himself. He's, he's New Porkins, and he's <laughs> he's fucking rad because he just shows up and like, hey, what's going on, with Greg Gunberg, and then disappears. Now, but now I let's talk about the other his sidekick. Oh yeah. Oh oh the side oh, the sidekick who all who basically 
kind of stole the movie. That is one thing that I have to give Mike Mendez absolute 100% uh, credit for because that easily could have been a stereotype caricature. Yes. And there was times where it wasn't necessarily like crossing the line, but it was almost on the line. Tunes wasn't quite yet driving, mm-hmm. but we still had a little heightened sense of, eh? But fucking they Jose walk- Ramos, he's fucking, Lom- the guy with Lobaro Bar yeah. was great. He was so well done. He was those, he stole the show, was the heart of, if the funniest lines were delivered yes. by him. Like the I, the best ideas were delivered by him. You mentioned it. He's the heart of the film. Yeah. He's the driving force that keeps everything moving, everything positive. And it was good representation. Because, <laughs> like, I approve. I approve. Well, speaking then on uh, the more conca- Caucasian side, then, for me, the ultimate that guy moment is when the great Ray Wise shows up. And <laughs> that was the surprise for me because I we love. Ray Wise, and he is one of those character actors that does elevate any film that he's in. Even his voice. <laughs> Especially his voice. Mm-hmm. His hair. My God, his hair. There's a reason that's what RoboCop drug him in on, was that <laughs> glorious hair. But then opposing them with the variety, the stages of this, these big, the, the big-ass sp- spider. The spider. It was, I, it was a well-done creature feature, because it was... Gory wouldn't need to be for PG, mm-hmm. but then the carnage mm-hmm. that it could do was wonderful. And then copious amounts of pixies. I always appreciate a good pixies. That is always good. Could we watch this during Kaijun? Yes, absolutely. It's a big ass spider. It's a big ass spider. And with a name like it's... big ass spider, you think it's going to be ex- well, you think it's going to be campy and goofy and silly, and it is. But you think it's going to be over the top. Campy and goofy and silly. And given that we just watched Cocaine Bear, all in the title, meme worthy, this one to me was very Turbo Kid and mm-hmm. not Kung Fury. Good. And to Why me, that's like what it? saved it. Yeah, no, this one, a very pleasant and fun first time viewing. Now, opposed to that, the opposite, the not the mirror the, reflection. The, the, the other side of the mirror. Jeez Louise, one that was not fun and... I had multiple like, hey, who's there moment? But my goodness. <laughs> and I guess you know what? <laughs> Given Flanagan and his run of films and the dread and the just the, the the dourness of a lot of his films, I'm not I shouldn't be shocked. Yeah. But man, Oculus was not what I was expecting. It really wasn't. I didn't I will say this right off the bat. This one was a really nice surprise. I really dug this one. Yeah. I think Part of it was, a lot of it, I think, was due on the fact, uh, is it Karen Gillum? Karen Gillum? Yes. She's great in this. She She's, she's great in this. Well, well, she's great in everything. Fucking Amy Pond is the shit. <laughs> I, is that a Whovian thing? Uh-huh. Okay. I, I That's about the time I dipped out on that. No, I actually, the relationship that she had with her brother, who actually I thought was also very effective, uh, it was their core journey of... Trying to, you know, just deal with the this shit. mirror and all this, yeah, the thing that this, this, this simple household item that we all some have in one way or the other, and that's mm-hmm. I love the simplicity of something like this, of making something very simple, something mundane, terrifying, yeah, and then the effect on the family, it and 
Katie Sackhoff, who I surprise just, Katie Sackhoff, surprise Katie Sackhoff, sad Sadie, Ooh. Katie Sad Sadhoff. Sad, oh yeah, because shit, we just downtrodden the whole fucking movie. <laughs> it's a little rough. You're not kidding there, but how effective this film was, especially the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. When watching this one, I realized we could have paired Oculus. I think possibly an atmosphere to Curse of Chucky. I think also yeah. possibly a movie we're going to talk about later here in the episode, The Conjuring. Yeah, There's a number of elements, I think, that... Onion on the belt. Very much onion on the belt, but you, that's what you do. And Flanagan, to his credit, takes a very simple, minimal approach mm-hmm. and makes it scary. He's very more emotional. He brings a lot of the emotion to it, and especially when he... Because he builds a lot of... The relationships between other people are the backbone of a lot of this stuff, and this, especially the season with this, he is also very atmospheric when it comes to this. And then, of course, like you said, with the whole Katie Sackoff and like all those ghost mannequins, fucking laser tag okay. and shit, and the fact that she's like got all these crazy plans. But one thing, and we'll talk about more of this later. What the fuck is up of animal trauma? On purposefully animal trauma, and is this the style of the time? Again, another onion on the belt. It has to be because this is technically this is the first time she we're going to talk it. Better than goddamn pretty dog. It's not going to be the last time I we know. talk about animal trauma in 2013. This is a lot of the stuff that I probably blocked out at that point. In 2013, you were not the animal lover. Mm-mm. You were you were at the time. What I was, what also was your, the drinker? What was your experience with Oculus? Do you remember? Yes. I remember watching it in the theater. Oh, oh theatrical experience. Uh-huh. Very nice. And everybody was like coming out like, oh, man, that movie was great. That movie was fantastic. And I was like, that? I want a little more razzle-dazzle, <laughs> you know? I mean, I, I, don't, I don't mind. There's some good scares and some stuff, but I want a little bit more like boo and a little more rah, you know? A little not no... It seems very, before A24 was A24, it seemed very like, oh, okay, cool. Oh, I like it. Larchy fartsy, but I like it, right? It's not bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish it was better. And that's how I feel about Mike Flanagan in a hole. I know. You know? I it's know. It's just like with Hush, with everybody, everybody's like, oh, he's fucking great. He's all awesome. And I'm like, he's all right. I like him. I don't love him. Fucking take it or leave it. I don't, I'll watch him if I want to be fucking sad. Right? Did you catch Gerald's game? Yes, I like that movie a lot though. Yeah. Right? That degloving scene. Oh. Right? Oh. But, but I did I watched Hush and I was like, that's all right, you know. I like Gerald's game. This one, Oculus, I liked it significantly more now than I yeah. did then. Well, of course I was a d- totally different version probably ten years ago than I am now, you mm-hmm. know. But at the same time, I thought this was still significantly well done, still significantly story focused and relationship focused as well. I like the performances. Again, surprise Katie Sackoff, even though she's sad. Um, <laughs> the ending. And ending. Okay. Jeez now, Louise. Let me. Now, now, one thing I do remember from the, <laughs> from the theatrical experiences was the ending. And the oh, reason no. why I do remember oh, that no. is because I. No. <laughs> like that? Ah, goddammit, genius. <laughs> goddammit. I. This, the nanosecond you started telling the story, I'm like, I know where he's already going because I'm going to wait for my <laughs> argument in this one. Now you have, I think you have just possibly changed how I was going to approach the bracket topic now. 
<laughs> of course you had a, that laugh. Well, it wasn't my fault. It came out of nowhere and it was a surprise. It was not one of the, it was one of those like oh like like I wasn't so I wasn't ready for it, but it still it was like it it, it kind of gave me the giggles because like I'm thinking in my mind, I'm looking at the man in the mirror, right? And then like and I did I audibly react? I'm pretty sure I did. Either I that went, or my hands went no, up you because went, like that, and I went. And I think I went <laughs> right because I was sitting in my chair like you were being in good company. <laughs> I I was not ready for that. I kind of was like, are they going to go that route? And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh shit, this they did. Yeah, and then you got to deal with the consequences, kid. And it, she's there in the house. Forever and ever. And see, that's what happens when you plan. You don't fucking battle a haunted thing unless you're ready for it. And she thought she was ready for it. Yeah. But meddling with forces you don't understand. That's why you don't spend billions of dollars to fucking buy it at auction. There you go. Stop making me sad and angry, Mike Flanagan. (laughs) So... Uh, first two, first uh, two first time viewings for me, uh, but only one first time viewing can go into the next round. So, Oculus or Big Ass Spider, genius, which of the two is closer to your heart? <sighs> Big Ass Spider. I mean, like, yeah. That's that's simple, and uh, I, we kind of all saw that coming. Because, like, normally, like, honestly, sometimes if a movie gives a reaction like that, like <laughs> from me. My uh, my monster yeah. reaction, of course, yeah. it's gonna go instantly higher in my book. But at the same time, it's fucking big ass spider. Like I'm, I'm genuinely belly yeah. laughing throughout that movie. This is very so. true. I was there. I was there. First time viewings are tough. Closer to the heart. So I'm looking more, not at the body of work, but looking at kind of the base of what the films are. And with Oculus, it's more of a haunted object kind of film mm-hmm. via everything beyond Amityville. And with Big Ass Spider, it's a giant monster movie. It's a kaiju movie. And those, I am jealous of all the giant monster films you got to experience growing up that I'm now just watching for the first time. So just closer to, I'm, I want ever, all the giant monsters. And for all that, the kaiju. Oh, you like kaiju movies, huh? <laughs> that is just, it. because it feels good when I watch them, even now as a 40-year-old broken man. So yeah, close to the heart, Big Ass Spider. Now, from the heart to the head, we're looking at the bracket topic of Seeds of Evil. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and go first, because I've got to decide if I do want to change my vote on this one. Okay, Seeds of Evil. I'm looking at this. Again, as their body of work, their first movies out the gate really have to show who they are, what they're about, you know? I mean, even if it's like, hey, here's a script, you're a journeyman, but their first movie, you really have to... Sh- announce to the world what your presence is going to be. Certainly. You can see that through all the great directors, right? With Oculus and Mike Flanagan, you know from this one you're going to get something a little bit more atmospheric, something more heady, and you're going to get something more dour, and you're going to get something with the violin at the end. With Mendez, you realize you don't know what the fuck you're going to get, <laughs> but you know you're going to have a good time and you're mm-hmm. going to laugh. Mm-hmm. And if there's one thing you know about me, would you ra- would you do would you rather have sad genius or happy genius? Happy fun genius usually wins out more people. So for that, Flan- Flanagan, sorry dude, you know, Doctor Sleep was fucking rad, you know, but at the same time, I know I'm going to have a good time when I see a Mike Mendez joint. I know I'm going to see a good time. 
I know I'm going to have a sad time when I see a Flanagan joint. I'm going to enjoy it, but I'm going to be like, it's hey, all right. I'm kind of bummed out now. You know, so no, I got to go with for bracket top for that big ass spider. That is fair. That is fair. And I'm not going to totally change my answer on this one, but, if, but when I heard you laughing at Oculus, and I know that wasn't the initial seed, but damn, that was just like, oh, that might just have to automatically. <laughs> I'm looking at it in a variety of ways. With Oculus, Mike Flanagan, he is now forever known as that guy that will give you incredible Netflix series. Because mm-hmm. I didn't watch The Haunting of Hill House. Neither did I. I didn't watch the newest one that he had. Neither did I. Or the Midnight Mass or the sequel. But I've heard they're incredible. Me too. And I have no doubt they're incredible. Me too. But I, I, if anyone knows me also, I don't watch a lot of TV series. Right. You actually will on the occasion. However, I know you're still accusing I'm Mandalorian. I'm Game of Thrones and all. I'm still watching TV series. But again, I go back to my argument. I would rather watch Happy Shit. Yeah. But and anyway... It, well, and this one is tough now because I realized I'm I've kind of counter argument. Uh, so Karen, uh, Karen Gillen, I got to uh-huh. make sure went on to Whovian stuff. Uh, she went on to Guardians of the Galaxy and Jumanji and a whole bunch of shit. A lot of crazy stuff with Big Ass Spider, Mike Mendez, great stuff. Greg Grunberg also would go into like I said, he's in Star Wars as well. So my initial argument was the greatest seed of evil is that of Disney. <laughs> And, and they're bold by Disney. I know. I just realized they're technically. Oh, do you need to go on the cover of the Ofango for this one? <laughs> Not necessarily. I will just say because she's probably spreading the seed more uh, <laughs> well, via in the. Ju- I know that sounds horrible. <laughs> well, because <laughs> we don't see Grade Grunberg in a lot of stuff outside of old. Uh, that, stop that! Stop that! I'm going to give a little love to Oculus, but it doesn't matter because by a count of three votes to one. Crawling its way into the round of the Scream 16. I, you know, I have a feeling people are going to be fucking pissed at that one. <laughs> I, well, I mean. Because I know Oculus has a big vote. I really like it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, really I liked, liked it much it. better this time. But, yeah. Well. It's, it, I, honestly, it's kind of unfair. Anything against a kaiju movie. Uh, That's tough. That's fair. Yeah, That's they, fair. Got a, they, got a, they got a giant-sized battle anyway. Well, our next giant-sized battle is also technically a little bit more minimal. Some a little atmospheric, some a little bit gory. Uh, But one bracket topic that we've actually, a couple of Into the Mouth of March Madnesses repeated because there's a lot of stuff in this kind of a genre. Oh, yeah. A lot of them. And so much to the fact that we had to include both of these films. So our bracket topic is demonic domiciles. Mm-hmm. And this could almost be a Seeds of Evil I, bracket as well. Very much so, as we have James Wan's The Conjuring going up against Fede Alvarez's The Evil Dead remake. What do we talk first? Conjuring. I want to talk about that one. Did you see that in the theater? Yes, I did. What'd you think? I was like, that was pretty good. Okay. Oh. I was like, yes, I did. But I was like, you know, it was pretty good. It was like, I thought it was a very scary and effective haunted house story. Now, upon this rewatch, I'm going to say this, to me, is probably one of the better haunted house stories. So This I, is up there. I think this is a better Amityville than Amityville. I caught it on home viewing the first time, rewatching it this time. I'm also struck by how impressed I was with it. Mm-hmm. And... How the initial scare set pieces 
didn't really work because the baggage I had at the time was cohabitating. Mm-hmm. Watching it now by myself, any, any haunted house film. James Wan, Insidious, right. just last a few years ago, Into the Mouth of March Madness. Exactly. Uh, that thing freaked me out and by you myself. Know what fucking malignant's going to be on the March of Madness. Of course it will. That might be a winner. But bang, yeah. watching it now, being by myself, scary shit. All of it is so much more heightened now. Scary. It hit me in so many different ways. The hide-and-seek scene, I enjoyed as a little set piece. Mm-hmm. Now, oh, that freaked me out. When your hair, hair is being pulled? Nope, nope. When the leg's being pulled down. Yeah. Anytime oh, yeah, a that bodily, was great. That stuff, it's just, and I don't know if it is because of when you're at home, you're supposed to be safe, It's, but just the unknown, the unseen. And then goddamn more dog trauma. <sighs> The dog knew. The, the dog, dog knew. Exactly. The dog if the knew. the dog doesn't want to go in the house, don't go in the house. Listen to the dog. They're, they're four-legged Zelda Rubensteins. Don't do it. Why do you think? My brother's always like, oh, your house is haunted. I'm like, bullshit, dude. One, if my house was haunted, one, I'd know it by now. And two, the cats would say something. How do you think that door keeps coming open, Genius McGee? Don't say McGee? shit like that. Seeds of evil. <laughs> um... And I'll maybe tell it's you exactly how the door keeps fucking opening. <laughs> fucking teamwork. <laughs> That's how it keeps opening. Four I, cats in a trench coat. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Going back, I think it's because of uh, it's my appreciation, I think, now more of James Wan and everything that he's been putting out. And, and his style is in it's established. On display right here. You can see. This is a James Wan movie from the atmosphere, the camera, the house Mm -hmm. itself almost appears. And the time we spent, the geography with it, I'd forgotten also Lily Taylor, who. Professional sad sack to professional, like, scare sack. She should have played the part. She should have played the part in Oculus. Right. (laughs) That would have been. That would have been the sad off. (laughs) But then also, the charm of. the um, family dynamic oh, and the Warrens. The Warrens. Okay, the Warrens are the most loving, right, delightful right? couple in horror history. They're so loving to each other, and I am a big fan of Patrick Wilson. Patrick Wilson. Patrick Wilson is fantastic. Vera Farmiga. She's for Vera is wonderful, and her sister is following her in in her uh, footsteps in genre. So they're doing Vera and Melissa. No, not Melissa. Uh, something or other. But anyway. But I've always liked Patrick Wilson. And then, you know what? I think the bad thing about The Conjuring, mm-hmm. it came out around the same time as uh, Sinister Insidious. and Insidious. And, of course, James Wan has his own style and Insidious at the same time. And I think a lot of people were not necessarily burned out of James Wan, but... Confused. Too. I was confused. I was one of those people. Yeah, I think it, it just got lost in the shuffle, and especially because this came out and opened the floodgates of a haunting in Connecticut, oh. the exorcism of this and that, and the other, the haunting of this and that, and the other, blah, 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 blah. Not just the confusion world, and it also spawned the whole Annabelle the franchise, the nun, the spin up, the Warrens got all their own stuff like this. This is ground zero for all that shit with The Conjuring, and it's wild and i think people dismiss it and especially people who roll their eyes at that when they say oh well, the nun and annabelle and all that game and then did that right 
yes, there's going to be diminishing turns when you ha- uh, have that many. But at the same time, I like James Wan. I'm a huge fan. Of, we're, we love James Wan on the show. I, I mean, like I don't want to say Wan there's Wan bias involved. No, but James I, Wan is he's, dope. He's got, well, he, I like his style. He's another fanboy. Yeah. He is one of those that grew up on the same films we did. And him and his partner, Lee Wanell, oh. made some crazy shit. And, and that's both. They're they're just fanboys. That's the only thing missing, actually, from Lee this Wanell film. Is him was one Lee of the paranormal yes. investigators. I was kind of half expecting that Me going too. in. Me too. But this this one was just a really nice surprise revisit for me. Well, and you know what? If you find out that your house used to live a witch who killed herself and a whole bunch of other children Holy and a whole bunch of mystery, fuck God. don't move. And I understand that you said, well, we can't. We don't have any money. But at the same time, you got a truck. Drive. Drive. But then no, here comes uh, here comes the warrants. No matter where you're gonna go, it's gonna it's follow gonna you. It's gonna follow and you. And like Patrick Wilson, like gum on your shoe. And I'm yeah. like, that's, that's fucked it. up. You know how hard it is to get demonic gum off your shoe. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so well, I guess I mean theoretically. And, and, and you know, in principle. But the laundry scene was scary too. When she's folding the laundry, then boom, all of a sudden that presence that freaked me out and that showed in the trailer and i in i when i saw in the theater i still like jumped and the fucking clap scene made me jump in the theater too the hell the uh the, the closet scene the jump everything involved had me so much more invested and this was one i did rewatch just on my laptop mm-hmm. just little earbuds in and i think it's with that sound design and the way everything works it it was very intimate. Yeah. And I can see it working on the big screen, but also for me, it just totally worked on just that small screen as well. And I know you're not supposed to watch movies like that, but every now and again, especially that's haunted how I take house it scary in. shit like that, too. Mm-hmm. You know, big or small and intimate. Yeah. No, this was a really, really nice revisit. Uh, now, another one revisiting, in fact, one that we've actually done on the main feed. Uh, I believe we had uh, Adam and Eric from the Nightmare Hour podcast on the Evil Dead remake, mm-hmm. which I remember on the interwebs when I heard that they were going to be make remaking. What? No Bruce Campbell. But at that time, though, the remakes were everywhere. Mm-hmm. But and they started way back in 2003 with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, and continue at this point. But to me, that was fairly sacred ground. It's Evil Dead. But when you find out that you know Sam Raimi is one of the producers, you, there's collaboration, who's cooperation. Alvarez? Who's oh, who is Fetty Alvarez? Holy smokes! You talk. Let about me let me tell you who I am. Let me show you. Let me show you. Oh Lord, this movie is fucking it's, brutal. It's, <laughs> and here's the thing: I know I said this this word a lot, but it is cool. It is brutal, <laughs> yeah. and it is cool because it's just. Such a wonderful take on it. And I remember seeing in the theater and being surprised. And I don't know if it was the baggage I bring or because in my mind, I like Evil Dead 2 more so than 1 because it's a little bit more comedic. And Mm -hmm. that's, you know, par for the core. But at the same time, I'm thinking, okay, I'm expecting an Evil Dead 2 remake. Not 1. Oh, no, yeah. (laughs) And significantly more brutal, more just hardcore, not terrifying because I wasn't scared. I was just it's, like it's visceral because everything looks like it hurts. Everything seems extremely painful, and I was just like wincing the whole time, like God oh. damn, and so much blood, so much <laughs> vomiting blood, and there was such nice touches where I could see Ted Raimi would be like, I like that as he adjusts his bow tie. 
You know, like the whole like bait and switch with the chainsaw cameo at the beginning, yep. Yep. and the whole when Olivia is vomiting gallons uh. upon gallons of evil dead blood and that's the thing i was like everything is done even the tree scene which, as much problematic as it is then and still now which apparently they demanded it was to be included right because it's gonna be brutal and yeah. fetty alvarez doesn't have the best track record i mean look what happened with don't oh, breathe yeah yeah so i mean also <laughs> that kind of tracks but at the same time it was in the first one Yep. So, I mean, it's and it's done way more gooier oh. now. And again, there was touches and, and flourishes from the original where I was like, this is an extremely well done Turbo Kid oh, remake. There is so much love and reverence that you can see. You can, you can feel. Pra- you can practically smell it and off it the screen. Like blood, like, oh. like, like. Caro syrup and red dye pies. So much of it. And from the variety of the tongue splitting, which you get elements in the trailer, but when you see it, it's it's unnerving. And the whole cheek rip oh. when she's ripping it off. And poor Lou Pucci. Oh my god. Poor fucking Lou Pucci. Watch out for eye trauma, for nail trauma. With needles. Oh. Stand in the eye with needles multiple times. And that's the one that's... thing I also liked about when they did things, it's that weird stiff uh-huh. dead eye action. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was like, it's unnerving, it's creepy, and again, bravo. It's and we homage. heard and we heard original of the why have you awakened us from my ancient slumber mm-hmm. in the original form. Until then you get and she, uh what's her bucket? Um Mia. Yes, uh, she is portrayed. Jane Levy. Thank you. She's wonderful in this. She's great. She's great. She's really, really good. Everybody is good in this. Mm. Nobody, I would think, and when I first saw it, it was like, oh, disposable teens. Sure. Right? And of course, they can make some dumbass decisions. Well, but of course, when you're dealing with Kandarian demons, and a, but the, God damn it, as much praise and as we say for him being taking much his pain, character. fuck you, Lubucci, do not read the Latin. When it is not bound in human flesh per se, as it is, he but when it's wrapped it in barbed wire. He has to open it first. At least with the Kandarian demons in the first couple of trilogies, uh, it was just there. Like, oh, yeah. well, let's see what the book is. Hey, cool, it's a book. Yep. You know? This one's like, and all over it says, don't fucking read this book. Don't. It's it's not like it's a monster at the end of the book. It's not fucking Grover uh. is going to be there. <laughs> Kandarian Grover. Mmm, I'll swallow your soul. Right? It's not going to be that at all. Dead by dawn. Near. <laughs> far. That's horrible. I like the inclusion of new elements to the Necronomicon. Mm-hmm. But another animal trauma warning. What the fuck was all the dead cats? A lot of dead cats. And the dead dog as well. And the dead dog. We are doubling up on the animal trauma in the Evil Dead remake. Again, Fetty Alvarez, and we're seeing a pattern here, man. Uh, What what struck me the first time I remember watching it, Just it was an at-home viewing. I didn't see it in the theater. theater? Yeah, both of these. Okay. The ending... When which one groovy or the where the no where, the initial uh, evil ending at, where evil Ernie comes when, out when the abomination mm-hmm. comes out I was not expecting it because that's me neither a far different take oh yeah than what they did with the original and that's just a ne- that's making it your own you've paid the homages you pay the and I was like wow this is so interesting and cool oh, and when she rips and her hand off from under the jeep that's as it's r- literally it's raining, raining blood. blood it is I mean dude that's some 
fucking Slayer. That's shit. fucking rad. Everything about this movie is fucking cool. It's yeah, brutal and cool. It's it should have been Indonesian. Yeah. Um but a lot of love given to both of these films, but only one can make it into the next round. So we're going to ask you, Genius McGee, The Conjuring or The Evil Dead, which of the two is closer to your heart? Oh, see, I saw both of these in the theater. I have nothing but respect for both of these movies, and I remember thoroughly enjoying these movies when I came out of the theater. I remember saying The Conjuring's fucking scary. Mm-hmm. And then I remember saying The Evil Dead is fucking such a great <laughs> movie. Um... So closer to the heart. As much as I love the Evil Dead remake, as much as I love the Evil Dead remake, I got to go with The Conjuring. I think because the glue of that was the Warrens. Mm-hmm. And it just, I like the story. I like the fact it's based on their files. And whether you think they've been debunked, sham, believe everything they say or whatever, they're cool and interesting, mm-hmm. you know? They're provocative. And I like that kind of shit. And I think this is a very cool example of how to make a good horror uh, haunted house story. And But while Evil Dead is probably one of the better remakes out there, I just think The Conjuring gets lost in the shuffle. And I go back to The Conjuring more so than I've gone to Evil Dead in the 10-year span here. And so I got to go with The Conjuring. Nope, that. that is fair. That is fair. And... Both of these were first-time viewings at home, and I walked away liking The Evil Dead more than I did like The Conjuring. Uh, but in terms of Closer to the Heart, this is going to be the baggage I bring, and I love the Evil Dead franchise. And that's been that. I mean, Evil Dead Two got me through around about about 1993 when I was going through all my my rough stuff. In fact, I mean, it was The Evil Dead was the film I watched the night my mom passed. Like literally, that like that franchise has that kind of connection uh, yeah. with me. Um, but that being said, I like to focus on the good rather than the bad and the pain. And love James Wan, and I've just come to just love all the things that he's done, and just the the love that we have upon Malignant. That one really hit me. And then revisiting this, it made me just refuel mm-hmm. that love for him. So closer to the heart, actually, for me is also. The Conjuring. Now, from the heart to the head, the bracket topic, demonic domiciles. Domiciles. How do you want to break it down? How do you want to interpret? Genius, what do you got? I'm going to say Evil Dead on this one. And because when I think of a demonic domicile and like haunted house and haunting, it's the house that's Mm -hmm. haunted. If you step in demonic gum, you take it with you. Right, that's fair. So, and it even has the Warren's creepy haunted house of like oddities, which I would love to go see one day. I'm not gonna bring any souvenirs back, that's for fucking sure. But at the same time, you know, I'd like to go check it out. But that one, in further story, you see more of that, and that's what I like. But this one, it was a cool house, but for Evil Dead, it was all in that cabin. That's where they found the book, that's where the abomination came from. Couldn't happen anywhere else. We'll see an Evil Dead rise. <laughs> yeah. But for this bracket, I got to go Evil Dead. That is fair. That is fair. And I'm going to go pretty much literally here, the demonic, demonic domiciles and our, the ghost of the witch, the demon, as it was, terrifying. Mm-hmm. Especially seeing that she's so Stephen King approved oriented. Oh, yeah. Uh, that chasing, a, her, chasing that kid through the, the, the uh, crawl spaces oh, with the scissors. Oh, my God. Ah! 
that's that's nightmare inducing. That's that's demonic, right? Yeah. That's so demonic. But I think it is the fact that at the end, when we have this demon rising, we've had the deadites, uh, all that kind of good stuff. But there is something to be said with the the rain falling, the chainsaw are roaring, and mm-hmm. just gutting through the face. That is next level demon slain. That to me. That is, and it all stems from the cabin, like you said. So for me, I'm also going to go with Evil Dead, which means we again have a tie. On the cover of the old Fango remix. Going to buy one copy for my mother. Going to buy one. You got it. (laughs) But only one appeared on the cover of the old Fango Genius. Really? Yes, indeed. And had it because it got a cover. And I think it's because if it's Fangoria... What do they prefer? Blood? Blood. You know they love blood, and what provides a lot of blood? Evil Dead. Making us round into the into the way, into the round of the Scream 16. Well fought. Yeah. Well fought. To, again, a lot of love for The Conjuring, though. Mm-hmm. A nice, nice rewatch. Yeah. Absolutely. Which leads us to our final matchup and battle in 2013, and another genre that has been fairly well represented, I think, into the mouth of March Madness. Oh, yeah. But another genre that is very divisive. Oh, yeah. And nausea inducing, inducing in a lot of people. <laughs> Absolutely. But thank- Especially in 2013. But thankfully, one we've grown fairly fond of. So, Genius, what is our bracket topic? Our bracket topic today is found footage feature fracas. <laughs> and we have an anthology, uh, VHS 2. Going up against Bobcat Goldthwaite's Willow Creek. Mm-hmm, which is the first time for both of us. First time viewing Willow Creek. Let <laughs> Shall we start there or VHS 2? Let's do let's do Willow Creek. Okay. Willow Creek, I knew this was Bobcat's found footage Bigfoot film. That's all I knew of this one too. And that's all you need to know going in this movie. But I will say, go knowing it's a Bobcat Goldthwaite film. <laughs> I'm gonna have some baggage. Oh yeah, we're gonna have shakes <laughs> the clown. We're gonna have God bless America size baggage. He, his films also very dour. Uh, a lot of the times, you kind of feel like you need a shower. There's a afterwards. lot of shit going on in his movies, but not a lot of it's good. <laughs> so when I'm watching this, and as we're taking it both in, we both watched it at the same time. The first thing that I felt was structurally, almost narratively. Reminded me a lot of the Blair Witch Project. Mm-hmm, me too. And it turns out he's a big fan of the Blair Witch Project. And basically decided to take, instead of looking for a witch... Bigfoot Project. Let's look for Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Which is, I I looked for Bigfoot in Stanley, Kansas at one time. Someone, my cousins convinced me there was a Stanley Yeti running around. To the point, I was climbing, climbing up in trees and smelling stuff, trying to track it. Bobby, the professional tree climber? Not quite. Amateur status, you know. Wasn't able to get my certification. I've been called Bigfoot before. I know there's pictures of me like in the when like Bigfoot stance. But I mean, everyone knows Bigfoot. Oh yeah. Sasquatch, and, Yetis. And I've actually seen a found footage Bigfoot film by the guy from The Blair Witch, which was another bit of baggage I brought. Uh-huh. And I really enjoyed it because I do remember seeing a little bit of Bigfoot. Yeah. Now, I don't want to spoil anything here. But there's no Bigfoot. In a Bigfoot found footage film, there's no found footage of Bigfoot. You're going to want to see some Bigfoot. You should be asking yourself, where's Bigfoot? When Bigfoot's not on the screen, 
Well, I don't want to see Bigfoot. I think he died on his way to his home planet, genius. <laughs> I must go. My Bigfoot needs me. Now, that being said, I really dug this flick. Me too. I was shocked. And it wasn't only until the very end, after everything happened, I'm like, wait, we didn't see Bigfoot. But based on... I was on, genuinely unnerved by this movie. There was, okay, so number one, the, the characters involved... One, I hated them. <laughs> that the was... passion. That in itself was kind of fun to watch along with you as they just, especially... I was vocal th- about my hatred towards them. Yes, you, yes, you were. Yes, you were. <laughs> and Fucking the, annoying. God damn it, dude. Just... The dude and her, just insufferable, insufferable. And there is there are certain things you can't suffer, and is that kind of personality, kind of disrespectful, talking down possibly, better than me? You think you're better than me? That kind of you know it, it. it, So you throw them out into the area where they shot that footage of Bigfoot, his dream. Which many, I think, kids growing up on cryptids. And then Bobcat says, okay, I'm going to... Be weird with it. And that sequence, and the, the, one I, the thing I want to talk about is that extended one-shot sequence at night. I think it's almost like 20 minutes. When they're in the tent? Yes. And the, they're hearing sounds? That the sound- creeped me the fuck out. So you know who provided the sounds? Hmm. Bobcat. Ah! So that was it. Of course, he's Bigfoot. But here's the thing. It's about 20 minutes, and I was pissed off for the first 10. (laughs) And then finally when shit started happening, I'm like, oh, what was that? Right? Because I was almost like, oh, where's Poochie? Is that Poochie? (laughs) Do I hear Poochie? Because we're like almost a third. We got like a third left of the movie, Mm -hmm. Act 3, and we're just now hearing sounds. Come on, I'm not saying let's snap it up. Yeah. We're on only an 80-minute movie. Oh, yeah, thank you. So let's, 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 let's. So but so the first 10 minutes of that 20-minute scene, I was like, oh, damn it, these people need to get off. I hope they die, right? But then I was like, oh, shit, it's getting closer. Is this just before dawn shit going on, right? And I was just, like, transfixed to it was, the TV, just glued, like, uh-oh. And I think it was a combination of, like, the, the number one, you heard the footsteps. He started throwing things against the tent, apparently, like throwing rocks. Yeah. And then just those sounds that the big feet make, because it, there's multiple, multiple... big feet. Yeah, which was also a terrifying... And I just watched The, uh, the Outwaters recently, mm-hmm. which is a recent found footage film. The sound design in that, at night certain things that you can't unhear. And that's what I felt in Willow Creek, especially that extended sequence where I was legit scared and I, freaked out. I liked that last 20-minute scene a lot. I think when the last, well, the la- that tent scene and then when all the shit gets and then, real. And then finally when we see what possibly, because we're never told of what. Right. I really liked it, but then it just kind of ended, ended. And it just kind of like... Oh, you know, I was like, if I just had that little bit more, I would have been like, yay! You know, the juice was worth the squeeze. Certainly. But like, and I'm like, ah, no, well. And that's just it. It's, if it wasn't for the goodwill, probably, that he got within that extended sequence, I think then we'd probably have more issues. Mm -hmm. Because I was, it was, listen, we love the brevity. 84 minutes in and out, boom, that's good, but. Yeah, I felt like that was... And you know what? It's found footage, though. Yeah. 
Sometimes it doesn't have an ending. Right. That's just what we found. Well, we know that it, it's, it's well, exactly. I like the well. I don't like, but I mean, I thought the implications of what happened and what really was going on was kind of fucked up. But also, like, well, that that tracks with Bobcat. But also, like, yeah, 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 else, yeah. It's kind of. It, but like, is this the Night of the Demon sequel? Oh God, I don't need to see another Bigfoot O face, man. I thought because that's what I was thinking what was going to happen. And you know, yeah. in the back of my mind, I was thinking. Bigfoot's just probably out fucking people, like no. literally fucking up and fucking people. He probably would have, but then he walked in on that awkward proposal. Oof, that was. And then probably slowly walked away. That one I kind of went like, <laughs> I didn't want to say that's what you get, but at the same time, dude, that's almost the implication. Can't say no, you know what I'm saying? Don't, don't, okay, I've never successfully proposed to anybody or unsuccessfully proposed to anybody. Although I would imagine that if I was going to propose, I would like to make sure that if I were to get rejected, I would have an easy out. That's and that would not be in the middle of the fucking forest. Nope. I want to be able to duck out. Like, like, oh, well, let's just enjoy the... Oh, I left something at the house. I'll be back. <laughs> right? You know, not like... Uh, I gotta go pee. I gotta go take a shit behind this tree. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Nature's calling, right? And so you need to be strategic, exactly, with your proposals. Plan. Oh my god! <laughs> but that level of awkwardness reminded me of Bobcat. Yeah. Palpable. I was like, ah, well, yeah, this is a Bobcat movie, and it's just right. those little bits that were kind of peppered throughout. God bless Bigfoot and the whole interviews with people. Oh, yeah. That was all real people. Yeah, which was also kind of not necessarily Bobcatian, but it was like, okay, she's yeah. he's feeding the lines, but yeah, let's see it. I like the one like, do you believe in Bigfoot? No, nope. But you run the Bigfoot Museum. It's a job. It's a buck. Okay, I respect the hustle, lady. It's what they did in uh, Crystal Lake, you know. Exactly. Now and also, I remember there uh, this really nice uh, Mondo poster that they put out. For it's it. cool. Yeah, that one I showed you there. But and again, looking at the poster. I was expecting a little bit of Bigfoot, given the fact that I did watch Night of the Demon for the first time last year. Expect a little bit of Bigfoot. That's the thing when you have a when you have a vampire movie, you expect to see vampires, unless you're looking through the mirror in Oculus. Right, but when you have a Bigfoot movie, you want to see some Bigfoot. Would have liked to have seen some Bigfoot now, or at least a big foot. We didn't even get a foot. We didn't get a human foot. We got a human foot. Thank God, because then that would have been Tarantino's favorite found right? footage film. I like this movie, man. This movie's great. Now, but from one found footage film to another, looking at VHS 2, part of a franchise, anthology franchise, and not a first time viewing for either of us. Uh, one that we both had taken in plenty of times. Hosted a screening of. Didn't we? Did we? Yeah. Really? At the Tapcade days. Oh, was it the Tapcade days? Yeah. Oh, snap. It's been a long time then. It was a double feature, dude. Really? Yeah, it was one and two. Really? Yeah, don't you remember? I do not remember. That's bad that, when I can't remember some now of the... I feel, now I know how the tables are... Now Now I know how it feels. Like We hosted that. No, we didn't. Did we? <laughs> what? When? It was the Alamo days. The Alamo days? Yeah. <sighs> been doing it for a while there, Senior J. We have been. But uh, VHS 2, this one, I like the first VHS. Mm-hmm. Uh, the I like you. I like you. Segment still freaks me out. I think that's it's an all-timer. Great. 
But VHS2 has some all-timers in there for me as well. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm going to call this one the Star Trek of the VHS franchise because it's the 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 uh, the the even ones are the ones that I really dug the most. Yeah. But looking at the people involved, these are some of our favorite people working in a genre. Motherfucking Timo. Team uh, let's Simon Barrett. Gareth Evans. Uh the the cult segment for me is one of the best. I think it's one of the all-time great segments in any anthology film. Absolutely. It, oh, I, I will I will listen to that argument. It freaks me out. It's intense. It's, it's truly scary. It's brutal. It's By mean. the time the doomsday bell is going off, you're and already dude, unnerved. But it 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 plays such a great balance because by the time the thing is birthed and we see it and it's practical and it's ooey and gooey and it's dripping stuff on that dude at the very end, <laughs> right? which is one of my favorite things. Ripping his fucking jaw and oh, shit. It's the, the inclu- I have heard people say when that thing showed up, it took him out. And I'm like, no, when that thing showed up, it brought me in. It made it exactly. even better for me. Oh, yeah. I... It's fucking Baphomet. <laughs> it's Baphomet in the flesh. There, but there's so much weird shit in that from the Kool-Aid, the popping of the... The, it's, the classroom. Oh, my God. And even then, the tender romance thing that's happening. The betrayal that's happening behind mm-hmm. the scenes. All that taken in. And all this is just one segment. Yep. One. Now, I will say upon this rewatch, something pissed me the fuck off. The baggage you bring, you say? Oh, yeah. So I loved the zombie one. I thought the zombie one was great. Her- That's a nice perspective change of view. I thought it was wonderful. I'm a yeah. big zombie fan. It's actually kind of the- funny, too. Yeah, it is. It's kind of heartbreaking, also. Well, yes. You feel bad. You feel yes. sad. But also, you're like, oh. The eyeball one, I enjoyed. I thought it was a cool premise. I think, unfortunately, it's overshadowed by... All these are going to be overshadowed by the cult one. But... The last one, the alien abduction one, when I first saw it, and I still to this day think it's absolutely terrifying. It's so scary. It's, it's so, so scary. fucking scary. Just the whole so aspect. Loud. It's so loud and feels so realistic and just out of nowhere and jarring it's and just like, Now I'm looking over my shoulder and I'm like, just Ugh. Whenever a light comes in this, I'm like, oh, shit, right? <laughs> but, God damn. Damn it, did you have to linger on the dog. cute little dog dying at the end? The final fucking two minutes of the fucking scene, we see this adorable dog who survived all this shit take his last whimpering breaths. I was heartbroken. I was like, my God, did I just go to a Sarah McLaughlin concert? What the fuck is happening in here? Come here, kitties. Let me hold you tighter, you know. So like, no, that. So did that change the viewing? For it you? ruined some good. That's it, some it recency bias some there. Good, yeah. Some goodwill, because I'm like, okay, yeah, I remember the. I'm like, all right, cool. I have all ones, cool. And they're like, and then I would remember after the end, I'm sitting there like, just sour face, right? So no, I, yeah, it definitely tainted it for me. I think like. I think like after I see the thing, I'm like, okay, let me fast forward that a bit next time. I know how it ends. I don't need to see it again. Fuck you, Adam Wingard. No, who did that? (laughs) That last one. Oh, that That was that was the one who did Kids versus Aliens. I I want to see that movie, but I don't. I don't. Jason Eisner. Yeah, 
I needed somebody else to go see it and tell me if there's a dog and they get fucked up like that. Oh. And here's the thing. If it was like, we've seen a lot of animal trauma. I'm okay. I'm not done saying I'm okay with a dog dying and conjuring. I'm not okay with it, but I mean, like, fine. Right? Oculus dog, fine. Right? We didn't linger on this dog whimpering and taking his last breath. And if you watch it in captions, dog whimpering, oh, tank awful. whimpering. I'm yeah. like, what the fuck is wrong Genius with you? Genius whimpering. What the fuck is wrong with you? I was angry. I was angry. Your anger, actually, is pretty monumental. <laughs> it's a force of itself. Right. <laughs> so Not enough to just, like say, fuck this movie. But I was like, man, fuck this segment. So Well, let's see how it affects you overall here, as we are going to have VHS2 going up against Willow Creek. So Genius... Which of the two is closer to your heart? Surprisingly, VHS 2. Now, like, I still think that the dog's one, I mean, the alien abduction one is still terrifying. The, I again, the highlight by far is the Timo one. That mm-hmm. is just batshit bizarre. And it's probably the highlight of the whole fucking franchise. The whole franchise, yeah. And so that alone, it's I, mad points of that one. That's fair. That's fair. This one... I I like the franchise a lot. The VHS franchise, uh, ninety four and ninety nine, have actually been very strong entries. Haven't watched Viral, although I've heard that's kind of like the Creep Show three. Uh, and with Willow Creek, uh, this one's tough because I I love me some Bigfoot, love me some Bigfoot knowledge. Mm-hmm. In fact, one of the first probably books I series I regularly checked out in my elementary school days was this. They had there was like books on ghosts. The Loch Ness Monster, the the Bermuda Triangle, and Bigfoot, and I checked them all out. Yeah, those were rad. I'm trying to. They had this white those weird cover with different. Ones yes, they were. Was it the all, one with the orange? I believe so. It was. They were wonderful, and quite honestly, that hits me a little closer to the heart. So just by that base alone, I'm going to go with Willow Creek. Now that being said, from the heart to the head, found footage feature fracas <laughs> of Genius McGee. What gets your vote? How are you going to have a Bigfoot movie, no Bigfoot? <laughs> At least with VHS, we got monsters. We got up close and personal with a whole shitload of monsters. Mm-hmm. You have a bound footage. Today, we're going to be looking for the Loch Ness Monster. Did you find it? No. All right, cool. You know what I'm saying? If you're going to have, I understand that this is a found footage movie, a real search for Bigfoot, and they don't find Bigfoot, of course, because if we found Bigfoot, we're going to hear about sure. it. Sure. Right? You're making a movie. Show fucking a big foot. I don't care if it's attached to a fucking leg or not. Oh, something. So as much as scary in the wilderness. See, here's the thing. That scene would have been terrifying even if it wasn't for Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Even if there wasn't that much sound, I would still be feeling the same way if I was out in the wilderness. Could have been some yokels. Yeah, could have been yokels. Probably could have been a fucking raccoon, and I'm still pissing my pants out in the wilderness. Because you're right? in the wilderness. Because I'm in the wilderness. First of all, I'm like fucking, I'm like talking heads. How did I get here? You know, <laughs> this is not my beautiful house. Right? So, same as it ever was, genius. Exactly. So no, so no, fucking <laughs> found footage fracas. Yeah, you need to have some mon- if you're gonna. have Fucking Bigfoot, show some Bigfoot, VHS. Yeah, it's tough to argue against a fracas when we heard the fracas, but we didn't see the footage Mm -hmm. of the fracas, and that's tough with found footage. 
and we find a lot of fracas in the footage with VHS 2. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, for me, the vote also is VHS 2. And by a vote of 3 to 1, fast-forwarding its way into the round of the Scream 16, VHS 2, which means our matchups. Oh, shit. Interesting. We have Curse of Chucky going up against Big Ass Spider, mm-hmm. and we have The Evil Dead going up against VHS Two. Not nice. too bad. Not too nice. bad. I like that. Now this is a hard. This is a hard fought. Two Fangos. Yeah. Well, and that's just it. That's what I really like about the entirety of this bracket. Between the first time viewings, going back to ones that I haven't watched in a while. Yeah. Not a dud in the bunch. No. No. Not a dud. And you know what? People are always talking shit like. There was no good horror in the '90s, or all, all the horror oh, yeah, in the early 2000s was the same, or oh, all the modern horror is bullshit. No, no, no. These are gems, and even if they haven't won the particular battle, oh. they still are champions in their own right. We like to give the participation trophies out later in the year. Absolutely. Now that being said, here on Friday, we're going to find out which film is going to be joining all the others in the round of the Frightful Four, and of course, we're going to be bringing in some amazing guests to do that. So until that time, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee, and we'll see you in your dreams. Find me some Bigfoot. Shh.